episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk, or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, getting queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. Live from my recording studio, it's RuPaul's Drag Race Live. Wait, no, that's the Vegas show. Anyway, the soft pilot was launched for the Drag Race All-Stars 8 for a new television program as the queens are tasked to get their sketch comedy on while taking a trip to the Net Gala. It's time to talk all things All-Stars 8 and joining me is someone who loves it, Avery Batgirl. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you for having me. Of course, welcome to the show. Um, who knew that we were going to have a double episode premiered all while DragCon happened at the same fucking time? They really did not make it easy on the community. <laughs> no, they did not. No, they did not. Because it was also one of those things where I was like, I need to like at least watch part of the episode so I don't like get spoiled or say the wrong thing to a queen when I interview them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did not sleep much. Oh That's God. okay. I know. I, I passed out trying to to finish them uh in one night so (laughs) yeah it it was rough but (laughs) we are here season eight two episodes in how are you enjoying the season so far i am enjoying it i feel like you know it is an interesting cast of girls there are i'm like i've seen a lot of drag race but i am have not seen the first couple of seasons so there's some Mm -hmm. girls who are you know i know their name but it are new to me which is exciting. And um, I've not really watched a lot of the international except for UK and Spain. So um, kind of, this is my introduction to Jimbo as well. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting cast, as you said. I mean, I watched them not in real time, but I did watch them all. I'm like, I still couldn't tell you a single thing that, um, Monica Beverly Hills did in her season, but sure, she's here. I mean, she came out as trans. She did. That's 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 about it. <laughs> I remember that, but I don't. I don't really remember the drag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, friends, before we begin, I will leave with a disclaimer. As always, this is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are showing what the editing of the television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that get an opportunity to go on television and share their craft, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. Now that that's out of the way, let's dive into it. Kahana is a winner, winner, winner. Monica has left and reality has set in that they will be leaving one by one. And Heidi is hoping this domino effect will leave her domino towards the end of the line. I mean, based on two episodes, I think Heidi's a long hauler. I feel like she, she, she's got a chance. She, I think I could see her definitely going all the way. I mean, I, she's I, definitely the narrator so far. 
yeah, she is just like so entertaining to listen to and to watch. I feel like it would be a great loss to lose her. I agree. Now, Monica's message is straight to the point. As Candy says, it's the cleanest she's ever seen the mirror. Um, If you got eliminated first and you were just pissed, would you just write like one word also? Mm, I don't know. I feel like I could be that petty, but I think I would try. I think I would try to to rise above it. Yeah, I think that's a smart move. Now, Kahana has secured her first win in Drag Race, and she is feeling like it's everything she feels seen. And they're all going to compliment Kahana on the lip sync. Even Darian would have thrown money at her if she had a wallet. And it kind of made me realize that, oh, wait, if I were filming a reality show, I actually don't have to do the phone wallet keys for like a good two, three weeks. I would the- probably forget when I get home. <laughs> Your phone wallet keys? Oh, my God. <laughs> I ha- Every fucking day I leave the house, I have to tap my pockets to make sure I have everything. Because the worst thing in the world is when you forget one of those things. I... um when I moved into my first apartment that I lived alone in, which is my current apartment, um, I locked myself out early on once because the door was on that like auto lock, which I promptly switched. But I had to, um, I had a neighbor come over and she was like, why don't you like go up to the roof and climb down the fire escape? And I would never do that. But (laughs) just that she said it with such confidence that I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Let me go do that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no. and I'm really scared of heights and falling. And I like climbed all the way down and um, ended up in someone else's uh, window. So Nice. Did, did she think you were like Spider-Man or something? I don't know, but I had to pay like 125 bucks. So I am understand why she suggested an alternative. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It's now time in the show to find out who Kahana would have selected to go home. And she says it was really hard for her as she did choose Monica. She is not happy to have selected her, but she says her win was partly due due to her team. And she tells Darian she was a big part of her win, to which Darian asks, was that a size joke? Listen, kudos to her for making the tension go away with a joke. Yeah, she, I am loving she's good now we have to go to the lipsticks in the box and darian will share that the vote count was seven votes for monica four for darian and we're going to learn from candy she voted for darian as she shares that during untucked monica shared her life story which sounded the alarm that she wanted to be kept as she had nothing to go back to they needed to try to save her which kind of makes sense because monica's really not huge into the scene as the way the others are yeah I always feel like tough on on these ones because yeah. you get it, you empathize, but at the same time, like Darian's working really hard. That's true. Lala will say that she felt the same way that Candy felt. Meanwhile, vote number three was from James, who tells Darian she really wanted the extra closet space. Oh, and then she was swayed by Monica's story. Darian tells her that she's out of the of the will, but she won't hold it against them. She won't throw thumbtacks at her station. That's funny, too. She's, she's, she's taking it in stride. Darian harbors no ill will, but she won't forget who voted for her. Alexis will bring up the Fame Games twist, and they all seem to love the twist. And Candy thinks the cool thing is that they, the eliminated girls get to show off their looks, and Kosh reminds them that there is a prize. What do you think of the, about this little twist? Um, I love it. I mean, I think it's great that we get to see, I mean, I think people have been posting their looks forever, but just like having it all together and, and part of the show is. Yeah. Fun. 
Um, I mean, maybe we can get to it later, but I also feel like as like a, when Rue gives it as her little like consolation at the end, I'd be like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> oh, we will discuss it. <laughs> James says that the Queen of Fan Games is all the adjectives, but 50K sounds even better. But she doesn't want to plan on being an eliminated queen to compete for the Fan Games. She wants the crown in 200K. Me too. I'm not even on the show, but I want 200K. It is a brand new day. The queens have no coordinated entrance. Thank God. Um, I really am tired of those coordinated entrances on some of the international seasons where they like do these little shticks. Not not for me. Not for me. (laughs) Mrs. Kasha Davis gets the new day in the workroom confessional as she calls the bright pink walls the vulva of love as it's Rue's innards and they're all her babies. Not the image that I really wanted that early in the morning, but good for you, Kasha. Go, go, go for you. <laughs> Heidi will ask the girls if they have any daily affirmations they tell themselves. She shares hers as Heidi, you can blend. What's yours? <laughs> What's mine? Yeah. Ooh. Um, my daily affirmation is probably like... You can sleep at the end if it's too bad. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Mine usually is don't forget to eat. Mm, I just I forgot. I forgot to do that at DragCon one of the days. And I by the end of the day, I was like, oh, I felt that. I definitely felt that. The alarm sounds as we get our first Rue message of the season featuring Rue Paul as Nini Leaks. What was that look? What is going on? Is she just getting lazy? Uh, <laughs> you know, Maybe. <laughs> Because it's get, it gets to the point now where because I do watch all the international franchises, she does film them all sometimes in the same look for certain seasons. So if we see this one again, it was just a super lazy day. She's like, I don't care. I'm just doing the bus driver wig. <laughs> well, Rue arrives in a simple blue suit as she shares with that this week's Maxi Challenge is them starring in a new sketch comedy show, RDR Live. Obviously, this is a play on one of my favorite television programs of all time, Saturday Night Live. Are you a fan of SNL? Um, I mean, I don't really watch it anymore, but I have fond memories of, of many skits from it. Absolutely. Rue tells them that they will need to read through the sketches, choose their parts, rehearse the house down boots as they will be for- performing the sketches live. One take. Would that make you scared? Um, I think, I mean, yes, one take is always worse than multiple or like a little like higher pressure than multiple, but I also did a lot of theater growing up so yeah I, you know you practice and you i mean the reality is most of these drag artists are one take only anyway i mean not a camera in their face <laughs> yeah rue tells them they will need to read through the sketches choose their parts rehearse the house down boots again and she will say that as someone lucky enough to host snl she warns them that they need to be more than just a pretty face they have to be a real character and put their funny where their mouth is fun fact i actually was at the live taping of snl that rue was at oh my god yeah i waited overnight in uh, the you knew that, fucking like, cold she was performing yeah so she hosted snl um pre-covid um with musical guest justin bieber um yeah me and a friend decided to wait outside overnight to get tickets and we did oh my god like is is that what those encampments sometimes outside Mm -hmm. yes it is every friday night that's Uh, what it is i've always wondered i've never (laughs) i would do it again for a good person on a warm day would not stay out in the cold again that was just not fun yeah yeah 
The queen sit at the couches to start deciding on their parts. And Darian knows that a lot is riding on this as be- she didn't, she has to get her shit together where she'll be getting her shit together. Now, Candy is allegedly the expert on SNL as she claims that a lot of the humor on the show is dry, which I can adamantly confirm is not the fact whatsoever. Like there are some dry sketches, but it's not like dry humor in the way that like the office is dry humor. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I feel like, yeah. It's maybe. more like slapstick. It's more classic comedy. Yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like she maybe meant dry in a different way. Like, I think so too. <laughs> I, think I mean, we, we've learned candy is not always the best with words. Yeah. We're going to listen in as the girls start to break down the characters and sketches. First, we have the Jersey talk show sketch, which is a low budget living room talk show with two Jersey delicious hosts who are obsessed with all things. Michelle Visage. They are tangerine and margarita. We're going to listen to Alexis and Darian read the parts and they turned it out and they got the parts immediately. I don't know if that was like pre-planned or whatever, but um, good for them. They got it. Next sketch is McCall Girls Gardening Service, which is a commercial sketch for a landscaping company. The cast is Jasmine and Fern, landscaping service owners, and Barb, a satisfied customer. Mrs. Kasha Davis will ask for the satisfied customer while Jessica and Jimbo ask for Fern and Jasmine, team slut unite. Candy will ask to do the opening host monologue because she is the main bitch. She wants to run the circus. And we're going to have the cold open sketch that takes place at the CDC, a.k.a. the Center for Drag Control. We have Dr. Alchi and Dr. Blackwell, the CDC scientists. James will claim Dr. Alchi. And then we're going to have this segment, which is QNN News Update, which has two news anchors, as well as Pussy Jones, a cat activist who is also a cat. Nahana wants to be Pussy Jones. And now Nisha will say that she wants to be a news anchor, which Heidi says her too as well, as Lala is like, yeah, me too. So Nisha will ask if she has a second choice, which Lala is like, news anchor too. We have our first conflict in the world of role selecting. We're going to end up having Dr. Blackwell and news anchor left. Battle between Nisha and Heidi. Heidi really wants a news anchor. She's already got in her head. She's reporting live from HNC News, which is like Heidi in Closet News because she's so clever. Nisha will say she will take Dr. Blackwell. Heidi will ask if it's fine, to which Nisha is like, well, you're talent- if you're talented, it don't matter what part you have. Though in confessional, she will say she is pissed. Why not say it in the room, girl? Yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> that. I was like, just say it. Like, what do you have to lose? That's not you. Yeah. Now, now that the girls have all their roles settled, if you were in the situation, what role would you have wanted to play? Oh my God, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. I think that I think the newscasters were really like the funniest yeah. So I feel like And they had the most to play around with. Yeah. I, I think it's also like a I feel like the structure is like laid out there. Like you know what you have to do and you execute. absolutely. All right, the queens are going to get to the tables to start rehearsing their sketches. Darian and Alexis love it, which is their new catchphrase, which I think the show is trying to make a catchphrase as well. Um, It's no walk that fucking duck, but it's there. (laughs) We will hear James tackle her character, where she has put on a character voice uh, that is different than James, but it was promising, not going to lie. It was very Dr. Fauci, which is the whole inspiration for Dr. Alchi. Oh, now, James <laughs> will tell us that she is not a trained actress, but she was recently a star, not a co-star, but a star in The Bitch That Stole Christmas on VH1. 
did you watch that television movie? No, I didn't hear of it. <laughs> it was not good. It was cringe. Speaking of cringe, Nisha's trying on her character. She's motivated to make her character big, but her acting choices are not the ticket. When Lala is pointing out that the character doesn't make sense and it's cringy to watch, we're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. James is going to offer advice and tells her that she is too hard in the vocal fry and suggests that she not drag it out and play more of a dumb valley girl. Nisha is receptive to the criticism because James is a comedy queen. She will do whatever it takes to shine the brightest. Now, if you're in this situation and you know there's $200,000 in the line, would you give your sister advice or would you give them awful advice so you know they leave? I would, in, in this situation, I would definitely give advice. Like, right. they're in the same scene. And exactly. I feel like if, you know, maybe we're a little farther along and someone asked for my advice. That's fair. <laughs> I wouldn't go full out. I'd give them 50%. <laughs> Now with the dumb sluts, Jimbo and Jessica are ready to get super slutty. Jessica says that their sketch is reminiscent of a late night commercial, like in the days of yore, when you could call a hotline to get your rocks off. Um, yeah, I remember those commercials. I'm sure you do too. I don't know if I do. Like the late night hotlines where you're like, calm now. And it's like all the sexy ladies. And oh yeah, uh, uh-huh. it was always on like the uh, cable networks. Okay, no, I've never seen these. I don't think. You, you must have gone to sleep early. <laughs> Probably. I had an early yeah. My mom was strict. <laughs> now, Jimbo knows how to work a hoe. Jessica says that this will help with your lady, Bush. Jimbo has a background in theater, so she is comfortable doing it live. She is a clown and loves making people laugh, so she believes that her background will be an asset in the challenge. It's now to have time to have a chat about how everyone is doing, and Nisha will ask James and Kahana. To which Candy is like, oh, are you talking shit? We love sisterly bonds here. Candy will ask Nisha if she is feeling comfortable with the character she didn't want. She says, right. And Candy says, blame Heidi, to which Heidi blames Lala, too. Um, look at Candy always trying to stir the pot. Always. <laughs> are we shocked? Love it. <laughs> now we will see Alexis and Darian trying on wigs as they are getting into very stereotypical Jersey mockery. Why do we always got to mock my home state? You know, I, my mom is from Jersey and I've got a lot of family from Jersey, so. It's easy. I like mocking it, but I love, I mock mock Massachusetts too. That's fair. Um, (laughs) The doors open as it's time for the first Rue walkthrough of the season, but we've got company. Welcome back to Drag Race. It's Saturday Night Live's Bobby Moynihan. Are you a fan of his? Do you know him other than SNL? Um. I feel like I have seen him in other things. I probably have too, but if you ask me right now, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing. Yeah, but like in in his defense, I feel like there are a lot of really famous people that I am blind to their IMDb. That's fair. Now we are reminded that Bobby spent nine years murdering it on Saturday Night Live, but none of that prepared him for walking into the mother-talking workroom. First up, we're gonna have Jessica Wild and Jimbo, which Rue thinks is a TV special. Um, friends, when Rue says something should be a TV special, you know that someone at World of Wonder is writing it down and figuring out how to make it a thing. Yeah. Rue wants to know how they ended up together, and Jimbo says that they're both sluts, and Bobby is like, congrats, uh, because how else do you respond to that? <laughs> Rue notes that sluts stick together, and Jimbo's like, they stick together and dick together. Sounds like a Brooklyn night. 
<laughs> Jessica's asked how long it's been since she's been in the workroom, and she says 13 years, but notes that it was more difficult on her season two experience because she didn't speak English. And we're going to get that chicken clip. Um, but she ended up in the top of that challenge despite having to learn all those lines. Rue will remind her, who was likely reminded by someone on an earpiece, that Jackie Collins called her naive because she didn't know what a golden shower was. But now she does, and even does it. She's practicing. Um, dare I say, I still don't think she knows what a golden shower is, because the way she was just talking about it, <laughs> I'm not sure um, it was the best thing to talk about, but no kink shaming on this podcast. No. <laughs> Bobby will note that he is getting a Bert and Ernie vibe from them. And I don't know if that's exactly a compliment. Yeah, I feel like there maybe was a better, maybe a better metaphor. <laughs> I think so. Bert and Ernie is like, okay. Um, so they are roommates who do it. Is that what, what we're trying to do? He suggests that they play off of it, but you don't want to see two Berts. And if you see two Ernies, it's too weird, which is very true. But they're told that they have great chemistry and vice to play it up, be the Bert and Ernie of prostitutes, which again, another image I don't want to see or think of. <laughs> Hanging out by uh, Oscar the Grouch. There it is. <laughs> now we have Heidi, Lala, and Kahana joining Rue and Bobby. And Kahana is reminded that she was let go on an episode where Bobby was judging. It was the good God girl get out challenge. Kahana's anxiety is through the roof. Trauma is setting in. She says that since season 11, she has been working five nights a week in Las Vegas on the Drag Race Live, where it's given her the experience performing and the opportunity to grow. It's her time to shine. I'm not throwing too much shade at Drag Race Live, but what do you do? You go in, do a group number, do a solo number, and leave? Yeah, I think so. Okay, (laughs) that helps you grow. I mean, maybe she got sugar daddy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like it gives you a lot of confidence, but it seems like there's probably also a lot of structure that in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, doing Drag Race Live on the Vegas Strip, you're not performing for a bar of five people. You're performing for an audience of maybe 70, maybe more, maybe more. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been to that theater. She will ask Bobby how to step into a role that's an animal and make it funny. And Bobby says, go crazy and do something that is out of your comfort zone and reminds her that no one has seen this animal before. So do it confidently. How would you do playing a cat? Um, So I, as I was watching it, I was like, I feel like you have to go so demented with Mm -hmm. your cat if you want to make a, make a statement. And um, there's actually, do you know the Instagram account? uh, I think like dead pet makeup. I don't, but I do know someone who does dead pet makeup. Okay. Cherry Botch is the. Oh, oh, okay. She's been on the show. Yes. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's what I like. That's what I would want to (laughs) do. Just like. Yes. Uh Really, really demented. Uh Shout out Cherry Botch. Um, Did not get to see her at DragCon, um, but she was a lovely time when we recapped uh, Drag Race Sweden. I'm Um, awesome. Yeah. She crazy. Heidi notes that the news anchors have a lot of lines, but they will be using teleprompters. Does she know how to read? Well, she can barely speak. Randolph County said no child left behind except for a Heidi. Have you ever had to use a teleprompter before? Actually, yes. I was filmed at my last company, like asking interview questions that then were like made into a virtual interview. And I had to use the teleprompter. It's really hard. It's stressful. It's very stressful because there was a moment where I was going to get like a teleprompting um, thing to do the podcast because 
if I'm going to do it as a video format one day, like I don't want to be reading my notes down here. And mm-hmm. so I was going to get it. And I was, I looked at it. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too hard. It was like, it was really hard. And it's so embarrassing, especially when you have people filming you and you're like trying to read and you're like, you're like, I swear I can read. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, 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 even me reading my notes, I'm pr- terrible at it. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, but yeah, teleprompter, if I can't read ahead or look behind and see what I've already said, it's not going to be a fun time for anybody. Especially if it's like complicated, long mm-hmm. sentences. Like it has, they have to be short sentences. Agreed. So Rose tells Heidi that her, that she is naturally funny with a trademark speaking voice. Heidi will whistle to which Rue is like, please read the news with a whistle. Bobby will tell her to use things to spice it up in a way that no one else in the room can. Oh, and have fun. Of course, have fun. And there's nothing for Lala because um, she is not a player in this episode. No one cares about Lala Ray, apparently. <laughs> now Rue will gather the queens around and allow Bobby to take over, telling them that they will have extra special guest judge Robin Thede from the Black Lady Sketch Show. Now, Wait, I know we have two more SNL stars guest judging this season, and you don't have either of them on the SNL challenge. That's what a missed opportunity! Yeah, so weird. Oh, and the runway's neck gala. We'll get to it since it's a live one take challenge. We do not have any more behind the scenes content as we're going straight to elimination day as they get ready for RDR live one take wonders. For James, this is almost a dream realized, as she always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. Lala is feeling better than she did the first time around with the acting challenges. She was certainly out of her comfort zone. And when they showed that clip, I was like, she was so bad, I don't even remember that bad delivery. Wait, who? Sorry? Lala, when they showed her clip from her acting challenge on season 14, 13. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, bad. James shares that she didn't do an acting challenge on her season, but she was acting like she belonged there, which no one believed. And I was like, at least she can read herself. <laughs> Nisha is super excited for the big show, even though she didn't get the role she wanted. She came to the show to be challenged and turned the party. So Candy will share that the voting the previous week was difficult and asks how Nisha will base her vote now. She says that you have to go with what you're feeling and what decision you'll be okay with. Candy says that she is now feeling bad picking Monica over Darian as she was her teammate and she did really good. But she is telling her that her next decision will be not based on emotions as they're all emotional. They all will cry. She says it will be about what you bring to the table. Nation will note that there will be weeks where girls won't be as strong. Does that mean they need to go home? She says it will be shady. She wants to be excited to see you again. If she feels that you'll she'll be okay voting for whoever she wants to vote for, um, perhaps that was her little kiss of death when she basically admitted that she's just going to do it her way and all the girls will listen and be like, oh, so that's what you go. Okay. How would you base your decision? I think, you know, I don't like when people are hide behind this, like really strict, like, oh, the track record, the track record, like, you know, I feel like you have to have your own opinions um, about how people are doing. And like, I certainly watch the show and I think sometimes that the judging is crazy. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the standard of like, if I'm excited to see what you bring. Yeah. I think and it's I a, a potential. 
Yeah, I think it's a really interesting way to say it. Um, obviously, saying that to the, a group of people in the room may not have gone over too well. Uh, maybe not the words to be using, but I understand what she's saying. Like, you are in that room for hours upon hours. We only see a glimpse of it. But you know what everyone has in their package. You know what's hanging up on the walls. You see the wigs. You know what's about to come. And you know that these girls on their time off will talk to each other and be like, so what are you wearing for this look? Yeah. So I get it. But at the end of the day, they also have to remember who's watching the show and who they will be pissed off if they vote out. Yeah. I... It is a delicate, it's a delicate situation. I mean, clearly none of these bitches care that um, they won't get booked at Roscoe's because we know Roscoe's are still going to book them. Mm-hmm. Even if you never vote <laughs> out Nasal Lopez. Yeah. Anyway. Annie wants to know who their biggest competition is. Anisha says Heidi and Alexis, but also brings up Jimbo. She thinks that Jimbo will slay the challenge and then creep up. They're going to call Jimbo over and say, imagine being there for a third time. Candy says she has conquered Canada and the UK and says it sucks that she's going home this week. We love our sisters. Mm-hmm. So you said you have not experienced Jimbo before. Yes. What is it like? Tell me. Tell me what it's like to experience Jimbo for the first time. Because I don't remember. It's been so long. So, I mean, I, I've seen bits and pieces. Like, I know the tits. I know the baloney. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have like, you know, I, I was like, I at least like know this person has big breasts and is weird. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm still like, I'm still deciding how I feel. I think um, her drag is incredible um, and she is definitely super talented. Um, but I'm also like, you know, taking it, taking it slow, getting a sense of who she is. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because obviously I've had now two seasons under my belt watching Jimbo, learning about what Jimbo does. I've seen Jimbo perform live a couple of times. I have gotten to see the bologna sketch live and it smells. Yes, it smells <laughs> like fucking bologna. Um, but it's really interesting to see Jimbo on American Drag Race because Jimbo is not an American drag artist in the way that we see drag nowadays. Mm-hmm. there's not been a Jimbo on American Drag Race until Jimbo. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very fascinating. I mean, I feel like there aren't that many Jimbos out there. There, there aren't. There, there are definitely unique Jimbo style artists out there, but Jimbo's unique. And I think that's why Rue loves her so much. Yeah. And she's just a very talented performer. Absolutely. Um, Mostly. We'll, we'll, we'll get to I mean, I'm sorry. Sorry. I guess, yeah, not, we'll get there. But I, <laughs> Acting, acting. Absolutely. Because uh, I was going to say, <laughs> you don't have to be the best lift thinker to be a good drag artist, but Jimbo is not fully rounded in everything. Yeah. With Half Face on, Heidi and Lala will talk about the challenge and so much more. Heidi thinks that they have a good rapport, which Lala thinks will make a great duo. Oh, and should we, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge alliance? Heidi will hesitate, but Lala says you never know what will happen in this game. She wants to save each other should the opportunity present itself. Heidi says she's not above an alliance, which would mean she has an alliance with Candy and Jimbo and a side alliance with Lala. Lala says their goal is to not be in the bottom together. Can they ride it all out to the end? We're going to see. 
Now, we, we, we had a little Lions talk last season on uh, All-Star 7, mm-hmm. um, and we see how it worked out. It, it, it benefited Monet. Do you think this one will benefit Heidi? I, I mean, I think it may, but I can also see this going, going bad. Like, the more people you have in your alliance, the higher chances that two people in your alliance end up in the bottom. And then and you're yeah. in real big trouble. You better hope. And when you have an alliance, that means there's more than one opinion. And that means you have less control of what the alliance does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love Survivor. I love Survivor on Drag Race. This is so much fun. So funny. I, um, I like giggle about it. <laughs> speaking of Survivor, I know I've mentioned on the podcast before, have you seen the audition tape for Survivor from Selena Estes? Oh. I'm going to send it to you. It's wild. Is she in um, drag or? She does a little bit of it in drag. Um, this was Selena unrecognizable from many years ago. Not the Selena we see today. Mm-hmm. It's very campy. It's very funny. All right, let's get to the main stage. Uh, this week we have Rue in a very classic silhouette, um, but those eyes, it's looking like into a dark abyss. Why does she look like she has two black eyes? I don't know. I'm trying to picture her face. Is it her makeup or like- It's her, her makeup. I think Raven just went very, very heavy on the eyes. I mean, yeah, I think she, she went heavy on the eyes and like they were, I think it was, she didn't have her crease cut or like not- super it was like you know more of a black smoky and then the scary brows i don't like evil rupaul evil rupaul scary (laughs) all right this week we have michelle Visage, carson cressley and robin thede are you familiar with robin thede because i was not i'm not no well she seems like a fun lady she's very funny yeah we're gonna start with the challenge move on to the runway welcome to rdr live so we'll go through each sketch and talk about what we thought and the fun bits and bobs and lines and everything. Did I cringe at the canned applause? I sure did, but I understand it's sketch comedy with an without an audience. I understand you gotta have like the idea of an audience, but yeah, I thought it was damn. like I was a little like yeah, that's the that's the camp of it. It was very Disney Channel. <laughs> we're going to begin with our cdc sketch and um the editors had a lot of power here they they could decide who gets laugh lines how funny the laugh lines are um and they did not want nasha to have any comedy in this sketch even if she was funny they made her look bad yeah we're also going to see that heidi and lala are part of the sketch in minor roles uh james and nasha are the stars of the sketch I do think James really captured the character. She did very well. And Nisha was just lost. She she made a bad character choice. Yeah. I I feel like on James, I for like ever since her season, I've like really wanted to be into her. And I just like haven't really like seen anything that gets me excited. And I was so happy watching this episode because I was like, oh fuck yeah. Like Yeah. I feel like maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like season nine is probably when you and I met at like Ace it, Hotel. We area. met. It was I. I feel like it was the Valentina season, which was season nine. Oh yeah, yeah. That checks out. Um, because I was like, yeah, that's when uh, Alexis was at the Ace Hotel, and um, she looked very different. Um, <laughs> 
anyway i love that part of the writing and the symptom for this epidemic is back rolls because who doesn't love a sketch without Alyssa Edwards reference iconic and then the fact that they say that the epidemic started in the states and moved to thailand the uk holland canada and brazil Girl, Drag Race Brazil wasn't even an apple in the eye yet. It wasn't even announced. These girls knew about Drag Race Brazil before everybody else. Wait, there's a Drag Race Brazil and I didn't know about it. <laughs> Drag Race Brazil coming, I believe, the end of the year. They they just finished filming. Oh, I bet that's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm sure you heard that over the weekend we got um, the official announcement. Speaking of Valentina for Drag Race Mexico. Yes, yeah. That's um, awesome. Exciting. I didn't get to interview uh, Valentina, but I did get to interview Lolita Banana, who is her co-host, which I'm very excited for. Um, they're gonna, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. I know. I'm excited. I watched um, when I was visiting uh, friends in Mexico City, uh, La Mas Dragas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I really, really enjoyed. So yeah, let's see what other girls are bringing. Well, drag really is all over the world, and apparently we love Uranus jokes. Um, but then they did another anal joke, and I was like, that cheapens the Uranus joke. Come on, writers. Like I said, the editors obviously have their way to make people look better than the others, um, but the silence after Nisha bombed the peanut butter laugh line was very cringy. I don't, does, does she not know the song? I feel like she must not. I'm so curious to know if they had anyone like guiding or directing them throughout the challenge. I, I also just feel like her lines weren't very like I part of me feels like it's not that much her fault. Like she didn't really get. That's like, fair. That's 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 definitely fair. Um, Rue being a super spreader, very funny. Uh, but once again, Nasha botched the joke. And then I love the little nod to live from New York at Saturday Night Live being live from Tuckahoe. It's RDR Live. I thought that was then, it was very cute. And then we get the uh, SNL style credit sequence, which made me smile big time because I was like, I love that they're leaning into that world. I just wish everyone had a solo bit rather than being paired with their scene partners. They had enough time. It's on Paramount Plus. They can add 30 seconds to the show. Yeah. Although I feel like sometimes they like do the, don't they do like duos on Saturday? Sometimes? Not as prevalent anymore. Every I feel like everyone in their contracts, I know I have to have my time to shine and 10 seconds of somewhere in 30 rock <laughs> all right not gonna lie i wish candy wore her roast look for her opening monologue because this black dress of black hair was not as cute um now according to the roscoe's viewing party in los angeles during dragcon nasha revealed that candy may or may not have had special treatment as the producers did cut mid-monologue and had her go again. Not Candy's fault, but just some tea that was spilled. Mm. No one else got a cut. Interesting. Interesting. Could you imagine if she fucked up that badly and was then forced to be in the bottom? They would have gotten rid of her immediately. Yeah, I mean, I I was wondering, because I was going to say, you know, later when we talked about judging, I feel like Candy keeps getting kind of slept on but that maybe explains uh-huh mm-hmm. candy had the right energy for the opening monologue her pacing was pretty good her punchlines were there but it's hard to deliver that kind of comedy bit to no audience so she did her best mm-hmm. i thought she was great i love that this was also a little mini reading challenge against lala and her bags heidi talking funny 
And now she will say to the audience to lower their expectations for her and go easy, which is the same thing that Mrs. Kasha Davis said on her wedding night back in 1954, cueing Kasha to come out and on stage and crash the monologue. Now, for SNL fans, this is a classic trope we have um, when you have a host and then someone comes out and helps them with the monologue. I thought this was executed flawlessly. They did so well together. Yeah. I, I loved the, yeah, just the idea of doing it. It like it was so, it was so unexpected because I wasn't ready for it. Um, but Kasha knows comedy and she knows how to deliver it. Mm-hmm. And then the whole bit about pitching sketches was very funny and very referential because we had nods to Daytona wins, gays, anatomy, Shakespeare, which Kasha will read herself in. Um, do you remember that challenge? Season seven? No, that was the one that I, I was like, is that? It was terrible. It was so cringy. Anyway, I love that Kasha got to do the stick around bit. Um, very cute. We're going to move on to our next sketch, which is McCall Girls Gardening Service. This sketch lined up perfectly in the world of sketch comedy because it had the right beats of stupid commercial, which SNL has many, many of. But it reminded me so much of the former porn star sketch starring Cecily Strong and Vanessa Bayer, which is one of my favorite recurring sketches of all time. Have you, do you know the sketch I'm referring to? Um, I'm not sure what, what's the... So they play these two really stupid porn stars. And then the, the, the host of the episode will come out because they're trying to pitch to get like fancy things like Moe and Shandon, um, Swarovski crystals, but the whole joke is they can't say the word. Um, so like for Moe and Shandon, they're like Monica and Chandler. Like it's really, really funny. <laughs> um, it, it just was very reminiscent of that. And then when Kasha comes out in, on the rolling thing is exactly what happens in the sketch is some like the person will get wheeled out or something. I, I have so much to send you. I'm going to send you one of those sketches because they're really, really, really well done. Yeah. Because um, my favorite is when Tina Fey guest hosted um, and she's doing this whole thing and she's um, saying to, I think her ex lover who was your gym teacher is like, um, I saw you on Alessandra, you picked the wrong home, bitch. Just stupid, funny shit like that. Anyway, Jimbo was very good as a straight man in the sketch. She had played a character. Uh, Jessica was herself, which was exactly the right move that she needed to do. Yeah. Um, especially for someone who English is a second language, she was able to play into the things she knows well. Uh, so I was very, very happy. But do you know what made me so happy about the sketch? What? I it was it. all sexual innuendos and not a single drag race joke. True. We don't need it all the time, writers. This is perfect. This works. Yeah, it felt like a, I feel like this one really felt like a real. Yeah, it felt authentic. Um, Again, Kasha is an MVP of this challenge. She gets to make a cameo as the Butch Barb, the satisfied customer. Um, Her costume reminded me, for those who watch SNL, of Nora Dunn from the 80s and 90s era of SNL. Um, But I'm going to make a massive big statement right here. If Kasha had a better look, she would have won the week. On the runway, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She was so good. She was so good, but that look. (laughs) Oh, girl, come on. Um, yeah, Kasha really dove into the character. She was hilarious. Go big or go home. Um, yeah, very impressed by the writing and performance of the sketch. Uh, good job, RuPaul writers. Good job. Now we're getting to Queen Work News. 
it's our news program moment. And again, very nice send off of weekend update. Heidi slayed this challenge. She was a natural. Yeah. Lala was there. I feel like Lala did a good job. She, she was she was fine. Um, I mean, starting off with the whole Lady Bunny as the prolapse famous, it really brought out the asshole inside of her and it really destroyed Bianca Del Rio recently came out of Lady Bunny's prolapse famous. That was funny. But if that was on MTV or VH1, it would have been bleeped out and then it wouldn't have been funny. Yeah. I was thinking that also during this, this whole um, challenge, I feel like Drag Race, like sometimes really gets a little like more tame and then other seasons they let it get a little kind of realer it, it really is true to eat like so because of timing and everything for my notes i decided to buy the season pass for season 15 it's the unedited version so there's cursing all over the place we don't get the bleeps because no one else in the world gets the bleeps if you watch wow presents plus in like the uk no bleeps yeah wow i hate our censorship that's America sucks. I mean, come on, drag queens have to curse. That's what we do. <laughs> um, Heidi incorporating the whistle was very brilliant, very funny for her. Um, they did have a good back and forth. Um, and then Kahana as Pussy Jones had the goods. She tried really hard, but she could have pushed it further. Was it a poor performance? No. Yeah, I mean, like by all accounts, she was confident gorgeous had a character it just is it possible that everybody just did that well i mean i think i think yes like other than everyone everyone was solid i mean i guess i don't know in this the cdc scene i feel like there are two people that i don't remember maybe Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) like like i i I literally can't even say because i don't remember (laughs) I think they wanted Kahana to push the political notes of the sketch, but she focused more on the characterization, which again, it wasn't quite there. Again, we call him back to Valentina, be a cat like Eartha Kitt. Like then it, you could have made it work. You play around with that kind of characterization. Um, but I think, again, this was a well done sketch. Yeah. And finally, House of Love with Tangerine and Margarita. Are we really promoting House of Love cocktails on the sketch? You bet we are. <laughs> Have you had a House of Love cocktail? Yes, I competed in a House of Love sponsored drag competition. Uh, What's your favorite House of Love cocktail or mocktail? I I don't actually remember what the flavor was, but maybe if I saw them, I would remember, but I thought it was good. I had, so last DragCon um, is when they made the big debut and um, dear friend Russell Zacker and I, we were going to do a little segment on the podcast where we were going to taste test it. We tried the first one. We said, nope, can't do it. We can't stomach it. Um, so whatever <laughs> we had was probably the worst of their lot because everyone seems to be drinking it now. Um, everybody had one at a drag on this year. I, I mean, they, they are giving it away for free. <laughs> a lot of places, which may uh, encourage that as well. That's fair. Uh, that's but yeah, I thought it was good. It was like orange. Okay, that's fair. Probably the tangerine. Why her name was tangerine. Oh, God. All right. This sketch was very much a hybrid of Bronx Beat, which was Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph's recurring sketch, and the world-famous Coffee Talk with Linda Richmond starring Mike Myers. See, there's been drag on television for a long, long time. Oh, I hate the state of Florida. Anyway, Darian and Alexis 
may have blended into the animal print couch, but what they did was working perfectly. They had such strong chemistry. Yeah. I don't know how often they've worked together prior to the show, but if you told me that they were as working as often as her and Kasha Davis were, I would believe you. Yeah. I, I think they are, they both had really strong characters and worked really well together. So the sketch is about New Jersey and all things Mall Shore and Michelle Visage. Um, do you have a favorite Jersey Shore location? Um, well, my my family's from Spring Lake. Uh, okay. So I don't know if that's my favorite location. I did always like Point Pleasant. I love Point Pleasant. It's um, so pleasant. Yeah, it was it was always fun. My, I, I had a, like a great aunt that would always take us there in the in the summer and we I love the boardwalk anything with the boardwalk and games that's my kind of thing for the beach I mean I also love I haven't I feel like I haven't had these in forever but I ate so many cheese fries at the beach because they have mm-hmm. the little things just like cover them in ketchup I love it so we're gonna learn that these people both lost their virginity to the same guy but on different nights but it was all backdoor stuff so it doesn't really count again good writing smart funny writing now, after plugging the Diva Rules by Michelle Visage, we get the I love it. Do you love it? I love it. It could have longevity. Again, like I said, it's not walk that fucking duck, but I think it was a decent catchphrase. I, I don't. When did it first happen? Like, how did that become a catchphrase? It was just what they wrote in for the sketch, I guess. And they just kept on saying it through every time they like, would mention an item or a product or an idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you love it? I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the punchline of the sketch was when um, one didn't like the other, suggesting something that Michelle either hates like green or leotards. Uh, so they would just sip on their drink, which was very gay. Uh, that is the gay non-response. I do it all the time. Now paying homage to Coffee Talk, we have a celebrity cameo from Michelle Visage, a la Barbara Streisand on Coffee Talk when she appeared on the episode featuring Roseanne Barr and Madonna. Friends, if you have not seen that sketch, go onto YouTube. It's probably a top 10 moment on SNL. Um, do you know the sketch? No, I don't think I know. Okay. So they're doing Coffee Talk. And Coffee Talk, the whole thing is Linda Richmond is obsessed with Barbara Streisand. Obsessed. And at the time, the movie uh, Prince of Tides came out and they were talking about it. Madonna's the musical guest, Roseanne Barr is the host, whatever. And they're doing the sketch. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door and Barbara Streisand comes out. None of them knew she was going to be in the sketch. So they all were freaking out that Barbara's there. So the improvisation is so smart. Um, So it was very similar to what this sketch was trying to be. And this is why it worked because they had, had a basis to play off of. Mm-hmm. Darian and Alexis were very committed. They knew how to do comedy. I enjoyed this. I thought it was. I thought it was very solid. I, you know, was it my favorite of them? No, no but they. I think executed it really well. Very entertaining. And then we have the closing credits, of course, and Candy will end the show with the drag race tagline while music plays and Lala's saxophoning. It was a very great homage. And here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it. one of the best acting challenges Drag Race has done. When you have good comedians and good writing, you will get great results. I'm very impressed. Good job, Drag Race. And if you do want to do this as a full show, World of Wonder, you know where to find me. Let's do it. I'm here for it. 
Did you did you enjoy it? Is it one of the better acting challenges, worst acting challenges in recent memory? I think it's one of the better ones in in recent memory. Um, I feel like there were no, you know, you had blips, but overall every scene was good. Um, I feel like there were moments that I laughed alone in my apartment. Um, So well, (laughs) speaking of good and bad, let's talk about the runway category is net gala in honor of the runway. We are going to play nets, get it on or net it go. I love puns. I love fun so much. <laughs> Mesa Lopez, no designers listed. I don't think this is necessarily bad, but I don't think it's all-stars runway worthy. I think she's giving you a really beautiful punk glam rock. She's got the aura. She's using that netted fabric to fill the brief, but there's just not a moment in this. It's styled well, but I feel like we need a little more at this stage of Drag Race. Yeah, I agree. I think it's beautiful, her makeup was beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of just a dress. Yeah, that's take, how I felt. Make it, take it, make it a little more. Fun. Carson says that she looks absolutely stunning. He says it's quiet for all stars. Michelle says that as Dr. Blackwell, she lost her bit. She says she was so into it that she didn't catch a lot of what she was trying to say. She says they couldn't laugh with her when they couldn't understand what she was saying. Robin says that with a focus on timing and really hitting the punchlines, it could have really sung. I'm going to give her look a very soft Nets get it on. Yeah. Audience is there too. 65% Nets get it on, 35% net it go. James Mansfield. No designers listed, probably James to the hair. I love that she's leaning into the comedy aspect of things and not into full vintage glam. The net is obviously the hair net and the comedy is the loose strand of hair. It's smart and funny. I think the pink cat suit is pretty, but for me, the story is funnier had she come out in like a robe or something that she's preparing to be glammed up in. Because let's be honest, nothing gets you more laughs than a queen in a robe or a towel. It's very campy. Yeah, I thought this look was very good. Could it have been a little more exciting? Like, yeah, maybe a little something. Yeah, um, it was fine for me. Robin says that she worked in a space where they didn't see her full body the whole time, yet she felt the physical comedy. She says it's shown through in a way that didn't take away from anyone else's performance. Carson says the look is giving the drag sense of camp. He says she gave the chunky old-fashioned hairnet and loves that she has the long ponytail hanging down the back, which is like she missed a part of her hair. He says it's comedy and speaks to her brand so well. I'll give it a net's get it on. Yeah, I think so too. Audience, 92% Nets get it on, 8% Net it go. Candy Muse, look by Marco Marco, hair by Edward Scissorhands. So to go behind James in a less appealing pink cat suit was not great shakes for her. Um, but I feel like she went more net met gala than net. And the face on the outfit um, was kind of giving me season 13 vibes where there's no glam, just weird. Um, I feel like this one was one where you ordered something and didn't get what you expected. But again, where's the net? It didn't fill the brief. Yeah, I mean, I don't, was it, it looked like, was it tool? I feel like it was more tool. Yeah, I think it was tool, which is not technically netting. It's not technically netting. Like I did, I did love it. Like, I feel like it's, you know, a cool kind of choice that you don't normally see on Drag Race, like I feel like yeah. she's very fashion and I liked it. Um, 
I do think I have the same boots, um, unless hers are real, but they're not. I mean, listen, Drag Race is expensive. <laughs> I'm sure she has the knockoff. Um, I think she's selling this like face thing as merch now, and it looks better on the merch than it does on the material. I mean, I feel like that's a little easier. Yeah. I'm going to be controversial and let it go. Okay, I I will... Wait, Nets get it on. I'm Nets get it on. There it is. The audience agrees with you. 53% Nets get it on, 47% let it go. Mrs. Kasha Davis, look by Patrick Howell, hair by Bibi Galani. Well, I get, the ex- get it, but the execution is not the T. I appreciate that she is trying something different for her, but what was presented was not great. I think if she did a full net skirt, we could have had something salvageable, but those biker short skirt, I lost. The maroon corset fell out of place, but once again, we have learned that butterflies on Drag Race are not a winning duo. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I was watching her the whole time and I was like, I want the dead butterfly reference. Like, pluck them out and drop literally that would have been funny to me but yeah she could have I feel like a gown like maybe make the bottom like more of a ball gown like balance the silhouette but I I had um one of my dear friends slide in my dms and say that this might have been the look that her designer bailed on her so she came up with some last minute Mm. which again it happens getting ready for drag race is not an easy task no um isn't it go? It's not good. I love you, Mrs. Kasha Davis. I adore you, but this one was not it. Agreed. Audience, 24% Nets get it on. 76% Nets go. Jimbo, look by Chris Shibana. I'm sorry, but this is one of the most incredibly unique looks to come on the main stage. She has taken the net to be internet and is giving you this hyper science fiction evil villain who will control your mind through influencing. I think the silhouette is great for her. The metallic feature that creates the breast adornment is so cool. But it's that neck brace thing with the phones. No one else in the history of Drag Race could pull this off. This is why Jimbo is one of a kind. This was A plus for me. Incredible, yeah. I I thought it was so sick. Um, And watching her come down the runway, I was just imagining like you could do such a cool performance in that as well. Absolutely. Oh my God. Like the, oh Yeah you could do so much with it and and again i'm not a jimbo stand the way there are like jimbo stands out there but i appreciate that she can give you so many varieties of drag and it's still her yeah so good i i will say i do feel like Alyssa edwards walked uh so that jimbo could run with that that's fair that's fair (laughs) Michelle says she lit up when she came around the corner she says it's next level and demented like she is she says it's iconic and all-stars moment Carson says she put the whore in horticulture and she and he appreciates it he says she had a tear in the stocking and dirt in the bosoms and says it was subtle and worked Robin says that she has seen partner in the scene who was big and broad and says it was a genius decision on her part to ground her character so they can play the highs and lows and didn't look like they were competing Rue will ask if she consciously decided to be the ground one scene, and Jimbo says that after they had their walkthrough, they talked about the Bert and Ernie as two characters who live in the same world but aren't covering the same territory. So she created a character who has seen a few things and has a few twitches, but she's got strong hands and a deep throat. Welcome to Hollywood. I love when the queens suck up to Rue. They, I, even if Jimbo wasn't going to be the winner of the week, that made her the winner of the week. 
Yeah. Nets get it on. Nets get it on. Audience, 92% Nets get it on, 8% Net it go. Jessica Wilde, look by Pyretta Victory. We love. I think this was really smart and fun and whimsical and something I didn't expect from Jessica. It's very clean with the netting and the mesh pairing beautifully together. The butterflies inside the netting on the body look like they're in flight, which is a really cool concept. I love that she chose pink for the hair. It really helps with the soft touches. Yes, you could call it an elevated leotard, but I think the butterfly earrings, um, they're a little bit chintzy there, but I'm glad she picked butterflies. I, yeah, I almost feel like if she took the butt, I guess if you take the butterflies off the bodysuit, then it's obvious it's a bodysuit, but I feel like it would look cooler to just have the butterflies like flying around in the legs. Yeah. I'm going to give it a Nets get it on. I... I feel like it's a net go for me. Audience, 74% net get it on, 26% net go Tidy in closet, no designers listed. Perhaps this is controversial, but I do like this a lot. She is giving a fashion moment that we have not seen Heidi do before. I love that it's shorts and it's a very constructed top. She's giving you the branding with the lips once again. They come to life against the black. That being said, if we only had one pair of lips on the front, I would have been okay with that. Um, the hair is amazing. Like that's how you do short hair. Um, but yes, the material is matched there. So it does fit the net and the mat, unlike candy. So that's that's my only thing here. Yeah. I I agree on the mouths. I kind of didn't I feel like, yeah, maybe if it was one, it would be better. I like loved the material and like the actual garment, just like as a piece yeah. of I'm like, that's so cool. And then I feel like this is the little like just too many details where it's like, oh, no, I won't wear that. I mean, again, we know it's her brand. It's her thing. How many times did she have it in the first episode? Three. Now we have a fourth one. Um, I'm only anticipating more to come, but there's a way to edit it and still give across exactly what you want it to do. Yeah. Carson says she really got to shine as the QNN news anchor as she sold her jokes con- confidently and bouncing things off so beautifully with Lala that it made her shine. Michelle says she likes the Rick Owens fashion moment. She loves the hair that she put with it. She says her makeup looks pretty and tells her that she has improved so much in all the right ways. That's what an all-star does. I will give it. Nets get it on. I think Nets get it on. And also her makeup. Yeah. It was so good. Audience. 58% Nets get it on. 42% Net it go. Very shocked on that result, but okay. La La Ree. Look by Anthony Ray and Quentin Burnett. Hair by Jimmy Therapy Duggins. Nails by Joseph Davila. I like this, but I want it to be grander. Black is a very safe color, as we've seen many times in this episode, and the sheer is allowing her to show the nude illusion catsuit underneath. The leotard portion is stoned to death. The shoulder pieces, I do feel, are not structured well because they are a tad flimsy. But this is a step up from our OG season, but that's really not saying so much. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like this one I like, I'm trying to tell if it, does it hit the ground? I don't know. In these pictures, you can't quite tell. It's a little, it's, it's maybe an inch or two too short. Um, but I think she's looking so beautiful. Like her makeup has really um, blown me away so far this season. I feel yeah. very like it's very small, but she just looks so beautiful. 
Yeah, this this look, unfortunately for me, is missing something. It's a little safe, so I'm going to give it a very safe, soft net it go. I'll I'll give it a soft. Nets get it on. The audience very much in the middle. Forty six percent nets get it on. For fifty four percent net it go. The Hannah Montres. Hmm. Look by Margot Ross. Jewels by John Figueroa. Hair by G L Walton. She says she's the queen of this castle. Always a brave moment to wear a crown before you actually win a crown. Usually that's a cursed sign. I love this in the way that she has used the mesh netting as the cape and the bodysuit. I love the cool icy vibe she is going for, but I cannot stand the blue green stones. They are living in the wrong world. Keep them as the AB so they would have allowed the pearls to illuminate. Mm-hmm. Her mug is right. I'm so glad that she did a naturally dark lip um, because if she would have been blue, if it would have been blue, I would have been furious. This is a big look, and after the first week, she's going to have to consistently bring this level of drag, because one week where she flops, she's going to be a goner. Yeah. I She has set a very high bar, for sure. I kind of trust that she she seems like the type that has yeah. the back this up. She's learned. She's yeah. taken her time off the show. She's learned. Michelle loves about her drag that she's been Vegas-fied as it's over the top. She says it's so much fun to look at. She says when she walks the runway, there's a presence around her. Robin says with Pussy Jones, the pussy was a little dry. Not the dry-ass pussy. She says it happens to be the best. It happens to the best of them as she didn't quite trust the jokes or she wasn't 100% comfortable. She says when you get to play a cat character, you can do all the things and have the moments that there is something to personify the cat part of it, which would have helped her. Rue says the character called Pussy Jones. They want so much more. Michelle wanted Pam Greer. Rue wanted black exploitation movie. Carson wonders if maybe she's just not a cat person. <laughs> I'll give it a Nets Get It On. I loved it. Yeah, Nets Get It On. Audience, 93% Nets Get It On, 7% Net to Go. Darian Lake, look by Dallas Coulter, hair by Hats by Carlos. Y'all, if you hate on this, you just don't appreciate camp. She is giving you a gown that is reminiscent of a basketball, and then she's wearing a fucking basketball net. I think this was such a dumb and stupid concept, and I love that kind of shit. Love that the black is completely sparkling. That being said, I wish that she incorporated the netting onto the dress so it looked like the ball was going through the hoop. But props to Darian. She knows what she needs to do on this show to move forward because if we remember season six, her looks were vile. I, yeah, I don't, I don't quite remember, but I remember her not being particularly fashion forward. She was also like, wasn't she? 200 pounds heavier. Yeah, true. Um, I feel like this, I didn't get this one at first, like actually until just earlier today where I feel like probably when I saw it in your story and I was like, oh, it's a basketball. I thought it was like a nautical thing. And I think it's maybe the red, maybe it's the red hoop, like the. It should have been on her somehow. Yeah. Or like a backboard. There you go. There it is. But yeah, it, now that I see that it's a a basketball, I do like it. Cause I also thought in my head when I was thinking like, what could I do? What, you know, what, what types of nets are there? I was like, why didn't anyone do that? Um, But they did. (laughs) Yeah. This, this was, this was smartly done can be better but i'll give it a nets get it on agreed audience 69 nets get it on 31 net it go and michelle alexis michelle no designers listed 
this was beautiful. She knows what all-star means for her journey and she's going hard. I love this dusty pink mesh material and how it turned this gown into a beautifully pleated moment. There is such great structure and movement. She has some stunning jewels. The hair is right. For those longtime listeners of the show, I'm going to give her a free pass for not having a necklace because that bust line is so striking. Um, if she keeps this up, she can really be a dark horse for the season. Yeah, I mean, she looks absolutely beautiful. I love this dress. Um, she looks like she was floating. Yeah, it. I love the like kind of scallopy sort of shape to it. I just think it's really cool. Um, yeah. And like, she's definitely like a gown queen. Absolutely. Nets, get it on. Let's get it on. Audience, 92% Nets, get it on. 8% net it go. Now, since we are beginning the fame games, we will be discussing our eliminated queen looks as well. So let's talk about Monica Beverly Hills. Oh, look by Randall Hill and Eddie Couture. Um, this was not the ticket. It's very goth and very basic. I do love that she's giving you body, but this feels incredibly simple and likely would have landed her in the bottom regardless. Yeah, I feel like anyone who would have saved her over Darian like <laughs> should be like, um, maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> done that. Um, I I almost wonder if they came up with the fame game idea when they got there or if it was preseason. Um, because if we're gonna have to see like 10 weeks of bad Monica Beverly Hills looks, it's gonna be rough for her. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure she'll have some. some I'm sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, Net it go. go. Audience 46% nets get it on. 54% net it go. Now, based on the performances and runway, Rue calls forward Candy Muse, Mrs. Kasha Davis, Jessica Wilde, Lala, Ray, Darian Lake, and Alexis Michelle as they are safe, leaving Jimbo, Naisha Lopez, Heidi in Closet, Kahana Montrese, and James Mansfield as the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? I agree. I think I think it's fair. I know her look sucked, but I would have put Kasha in the top over James. I guess that's that's a good point. She's I, not gonna win, but she I, could she should have at least been acknowledged for her good performance. I agree. I feel like they're judging the runway. They're waiting the runway a fair amount this yeah. season and i do get it like if you you know add two scores together um that is it 50 percent of the mark who knows starlet we're still waiting yeah based on the judge's critique jimbo is the top all-star of the week winning five thousand dollars which apparently is like seven thousand dollars in canada <laughs> james and heidi are safe leaving nasha and kahana as the bottom two i mean based on these results i guess um I don't know. I still don't know if Kahana was the second worst, but like we discussed earlier, everyone was just that good. So there really wasn't anyone else to put there. Yeah. All right. So the Queens have voted. Jimbo has changed. It's time to get back on the main stage and find out who Jimbo was lip syncing against. Was this a setup with the lip sync assassin? Well, the time has come to reveal yourself. It is Pangina Heels and Jimbo was gagged. I love this oh so much. Pangina Hills has now been a host, a contestant, and a lipstick assassin. She has cut them all. Now, you said you haven't watched UK vs. the World, so you didn't know why this was a huge gag-worthy moment. No, I mean, they. I 
I think they talked about it. They, a they showed it. They showed it because um, I remember when it aired last year, people were flipping out because Jimbo had literally won or been high and then was eliminated. Because mm. that's how the game should be played. But I, I kind of wonder because they knew Pangina was this episode. Is that why Jimbo won? I mean, I. I don't necessarily think she was the best performance of the night, but her look, I feel like was one of the best, like, I think she, whether or not it was produced, she did earn her. Absolutely. I think you could have put Heidi here, but it wouldn't have been a gag for everybody to have Heidi lip sync against Pangina. The song is She Bop by Cindy Lauper. And as we kind of discussed earlier, the reality is Jimbo is an entertainer but Pangina is a lip synker. There was no chance in hell that Jimbo was topping Pangina here. No. Pangina looks so beautiful. She slayed. Jimbo bopped her around, and that's okay. She, like, bopped with her boobies. Um, Pangina spreading the legs, serving sex, giving tongue. It was all hers. And Rue has decided she is the winner of the lip sync. That means $20,000 roll over to next week. An accountant, Candy Muse, tells us that's $30,000. Um, I'm so glad we have Candy there telling us about money. <laughs> uh, do you agree with the result? Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, um, okay. Also, like, I don't know. I didn't know Pangina really at all. She's uh, so good. Um, also, I mean, so if you good. ever get to if you ever get to meet her, one of the sweetest, kindest, funniest people in the world. Um, when we chatted in the UK for DragCon, uh, she gave us a shot before we did the interview. Um, then here in LA, she's, she was very sweet, gave me a hug and remembered me and, and I adore her. So I'm a big, big fan of Panjana Heels as a human, as a drag artist. So friends, if you don't know Panjana, go watch her shit. She's amazing. She will reveal that the Queens voted to give the chop to Nasha Lopez. And I get to say it again, Elimination Lopez, Elimination Lopez, Elimination Lopez. Um, do you agree? Yeah, I, I think it it had to be that way. I mean, again, as you said earlier, you don't always want to do track record. But if you don't do track record and just look at the body of work, Kahana deserves to be there another week because if we're playing Nasha's game of who are you more excited to see, I want to see what Kahana's going to bring. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a tough one because on, on the one hand... Like, I just, I straight up just want to see everything that Kahana brought, like, you know, um, and, but on the other hand, I don't know, like, can she, is she going to like really push through and, and, um, I don't know, get a little like messy. And and yeah. And that's, that's interesting as we, she's told us the acting challenges is her big downfall. She's on a cast with so many good comedians so no even if she pushes herself to a better level she might not even be good enough for that yeah and and it's you know you got through this acting challenge maybe that's the only act straight acting challenge but you're gonna act i mean there is always one more we always know that snatch game is a coming so that one will be there too did you get a chance to watch untucked i did yes 
let's talk about just some of the highs and lows of it. Um, we have the safe girls being very mixed and happy and frustrated with their results. Um, but we did get to hear Mrs. Kasha Davis sing um, a couple of refrains of her song Cocktail, uh, which, which I still use as a alarm clock in the morning um, because they're going to have their house of love cocktails. Now they're going to compliment Mrs. Kasha Davis in the challenge for being fearless and knowing how to do comedy. Candy is going to tell Alexis and Darian that she thought their skit was really fucking good. Um, so perhaps they don't necessarily agree with the results of the tops either. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the at this stage, it's a little like it's a little tough. Everyone's yep. really tough. it's fluid. Um, they're all going to say that Heidi killed it. Jimbo was close. Nisha, they will say, is the bottom. But they don't have another person. And they're like, well, I guess Kahana. So does that make James a top or a bottom of the week? Top, right? I guess. So we, I guess we were doing three and two. So there's no surprise really for anyone on that stage. Yeah, I guess not. That is kind of weird. Very strange. Um, we're going to watch Candy have to release the Kraken as her tucking panties are riding up. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I don't even know what, I like didn't quite know what that meant. I feel like, aren't they supposed to be written up? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. What it, she was just not comfortable in whatever she was wearing, I guess. Um, but then they have a discussion about padding. And if anyone has considered getting body work done, like Kahana or Nasha, uh, Candy enjoys her male physique outside of drag. And Alexa says drag taught her that she has a woman and a man in her and feels comfortable in both skins. I thought, okay, we're going to have a really cool conversation about gender and the gender fluidity and what it means. Nope, we're going to ruin it all because Jessica Wilde is going to tell Alexis that she's a beautiful boy, beautiful girl, and it's not a Kai Kai situation, but she has husband material. I was like, well, that was cute too. <laughs> um, do you think they Kai kai I don't know. Alexis seems kind of horny this season. This you, you, all the time, <laughs> all the okay. time. Okay, just based on the past couple episodes. Yeah, yeah you're right. I think so. Uh, she's very emotional. We love emotional queens. I'm an emotional queen. Um, horny and emotional, they go hand in hand, don't they? <laughs> all right, the tops and bottoms are back. Jimbo won. They want to know what they said to her, and she reveals that it was because of her look, and also apparently because of Jessica, because she was her seed partner. Um, Kahana and Nasha are on the bottom and Kahana has PTSD from going home on an acting challenge Nasha reveals that they weren't understanding the words that were coming out of her mouth which is the whole point of an acting challenge yeah Heidi's feeling for her girl Kahana but she also feels bad for Nasha as she took her role which actually was her role this season I'm not gonna lie some of these little chats where the top all-star gets to talk with the queens they're hard to watch not because they're like ew they're hard to watch because you see how much emotion these people have and want to be there jimbo talking to nasha who says she doesn't want to go home and she's not ready and it's too early in the game and that she's not done just just the the tears coming down of her face i was like i don't want her to go home can no one go home yeah i know i felt i was gonna i was gonna ask do you think Obviously, last season, because it was all winners, no one going home, we like that idea. Do you want an all-star season where no one goes home, or do you think that's just part of the game and we have to accept it, they have to accept it? 
I think it has to be part of the game just because like you get so much more, you know, there, it's just very different the beginning of the season versus the end of the season and you get to go deeper. And right. So I, I feel like, you know, it does help the show to get a bit smaller, but it is always sad, especially, um, especially for the girls who were on kind of earlier seasons. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it earlier. I mean, this consolation prize of the fame games, reality is they're still going to be part of the episode. I think con- contractually, if they're making a one runway walk on the episode, they still get paid for that episode. So it's not like they're losing money, not being eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to watch. It's hard to see people have emotions because we all have emotions. Most of us. For the most part. <laughs> Nation knows that Jimbo was in the same situation, might understand where she's coming from, and hopes she can feel the drive and want that she has for this competition. She's more than just a beauty. Now, the safe girls note that Heidi's chicken cutlet is a powder puff that smells like mashed potatoes. I don't want mashed potatoes for a while now. Yeah, I like, I don't know, I don't really remember what mashed potatoes smell like, but now the idea of what they smell like, um, yeah yeah that's not fun they see her nation being um pleading to them and saying she's not just a beauty queen and wants to show more they see her being honest and broken but darian knows that kahana has a win under her belt and if she was voting on track or nation has to go home but jimbo kahana knows that she didn't do the best with pussy jones but she felt it was her time on season 11 when she went home this time it's not her time Jimbo will say the situation is fucked and will ask Kahana how she made her decision last week. She says it was really hard because it was the first impression she went off of what she saw. She reminds Jimbo that it's the second week and they can see who is putting in the work and who was fighting. Do you think that had any influence on Jimbo's decision? Jimbo doesn't strike me as the type to be influenced. I agree with you. I think Jimbo asked the question to get information. Mm. Jimbo is a very smart person. So, I'm here for it. With the group, Kahana tells them that she was able to showcase who she is when she came in. She won the first episode, and that is just a taste of what she has in store. She fumbled but pushed herself. She is not an actor, but she didn't complain about it. Kahana knows that her win is the one thing she has against Nasha. And again, you have to, you don't want to call out the girl, but you got to play the game. Mm hmm. Now, as the queens get ready, we will have a moment with Jessica and Nisha where Jessica will not vote for her Puerto Rican sister. Um, I think this was included because it must be a piece of plot line we will see play out later on this season. Mm. It's time to check in on our lip sync assassin. It's Pangina from Thailand. Uh, she's excited to take the bitch down. Um, so, yeah, under Thai-Canadian relations, Pangina has caused a national incident. It was, in fact, on Wikipedia. It was a big thing. Um, she did send Lemon home and Jimbo, so um, the Canadians were not happy about that. Is it still on? Like, did it stay on? I don't know if it's still on there, (laughs) um, but I do remember that there was some angry, um, there was probably some angry Canadian twink who was like, how dare she do that? Um, She says that a lipstick assassin is someone who lets the audience see the music. What did you think about that statement? Because I've never really heard someone put that into words before. So that to me feels very like calling back to my dance 
my dance past and like uh-huh. that's very like dancer kind of attitude I feel um like I feel like George Balanchine used to say that probably uh-huh. um so yeah I kind of resonated with it and I also feel like she really does like if that's her goal she's executing on that goal because absolutely like her face is so expressive and like really I mean I feel like she like dances with her face yeah I I, I hope that fans of the show who are drag artists heard what she said and, and understood what she said because I think it, it really can make you a stronger lip syncer um especially if ask if you have aspirations to be on this show you're gonna have to lip sync at least once mm-hmm. we're gonna watch the lip sync one last time it was a blowout for sure and as Nisha is elim- eliminated you can see her defeat um she will note that the girls did play it as fair as the queens were going by the stats for those playing along, it was a vote of seven to three. Nisha got votes from Alexis, Darian, Heidi, James, Candy, Lala, and Kahana. Kahana got votes from Jessica, Mrs. Kasha Davis, and Nisha. We're also going to learn that Jimbo would have eliminated Nisha. I'm not surprised by anything here, but Mrs. Kasha Davis's vote for Kahana. Yeah. I... I'm very excited to hear how she's going to talk about this. I mean, we're, does Nisha know, like, do they know each other better? I have no idea. I mean, their seasons came out a year apart, but. Yeah, I feel like they're, like, closer to one another in the universe, but I don't know if that means anything. We'll find out next week. Well, as she packs, Nisha thought she would be there a longer time, but now it's up to the fans and begs them to vote for the girl who deserves it and says it will be her because she knows what her looks are, which are valid. I mean, if you got it, flaunt it. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Yes. What is Nisha's legacy? Uh, her legacy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I remember her super well. I feel like she has really pretty makeup. <laughs> her legacy is she's Elimination Lopez now and forever. Um, two times on the show, she's out early. Yeah. I ask this every week. It doesn't necessarily have to be the winner of the week. Who won the week? We're the best episode. Mm, I I feel like Kasha Davis, like not in like a not in like a judge sense, but in you know I, I agree. I, I would say Kasha because she was just so strong and showcased what she does well in a very very smart way so i was very impressed with her she's, I feel like too. she's gonna get she'll get something good out of yeah, that absolutely all right we've got a ball next week who are you worried about and why is it la la re <laughs> i um is that they're gonna make something yeah, yeah it's the like- grocery ball so she better have some grocery bags and make something out of a grocery bag and call back to that fucking bag look she's 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 in trouble um who might who else who else is even on it i mean i think james might struggle and yeah. something like she may go a little overboard um and i mean i guess obviously i'm worried about kasha um yeah me too me 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 me, me very much that <laughs> um after two episodes, the winner of the season is. Ooh. 
Uh, winner of the season. I kind of, I kind of want Candy to win. I, I think Candy is absolutely up there. I think Heidi is up there. I think based on this episode, if I want to say a single name, I'll say Jimbo. But I really think it's down to those three right now. Yeah. All right. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, or any projects you want to plug? You can find me on uh, Instagram at avery.badgirl, like a very period bad girl. And you can find me on Venmo at averybadgirl, one word. And um, you can also find me at Come On Everybody uh, for Bitch Fest on Sundays this month. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was lovely to have you. It was great to be here. Thank you for having me. 